Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. In the first of two road games before the bye, the Bears headed south to Kansas City. Looking to hand the Chiefs a fourth straight loss and win their second game in a row in front of a hostile crowd at Arrowhead Stadium. Could the Bears overcome the adversity? Or did they fold under the pressure? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week five review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Well, I told you, I had a funny feeling about this game after we talked to Seth Kaiser on Thursday, and, um, you know, turns out that funny feeling was a good old-fashioned gut feeling, and the gut was telling me that the Bears would win, and they did, in most dramatic fashion, on the road, in about as hostile a crowd I've seen the Bears face in quite some time against the Kansas City Chiefs. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the Week 5 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And what can I say? It was uh, it was a down-to-the-wire finish. And, you know, kudos to the guys, the Bears, the you know, everybody involved, the head coach, uh, John Fox, the entire staff, that team that was down by 11 points with nine minutes to go in the game, you know, failed to convert on fourth and three. So giving the ball back with decent field position at their own, at the, you know, 40-yard line of, of Kansas City, giving it back with nine minutes to go down, potential, you know, down at least two scores. And um, to find a way to come back and win, uh, and win on the road in one of the toughest places to play in the entire league. I mean, this is a stadium that last year, both representatives in the Super Bowl lost handily in this stadium uh, to the Chiefs a year ago. I know a different, you know, it's a different season, but that just kind of gives you a, a a taste for what it's like and how difficult it is to win football games. The two teams playing for the championship, the two best teams in the league last year, both lost in that stadium in the same season. So um, it is a very, very difficult place to win football games. The Bears were able to persevere a, a slow start, a tough start, and uh, able to come out ahead with the victory. Our second in a row, and uh, we moved to two and three going into a uh, into an interesting game on Sunday against the Detroit Lions on the road at Detroit as we close out, quote-unquote, the first half of the season because week seven is our bye week uh, this year. So, um you know, it's it's going to be an interesting week. We're going to have uh, Jeremy Reisman from uh, from uh, Pride of Detroit on uh, 
SB Nation. We had him on earlier, uh, you know, in the summer to, to, to preview uh, the season and, and how the Lions and such might uh, might form, you know. Tell him, like I told Seth going into this, into the interview last week, when I looked at the schedule, I expected the Bears to be a certain way, but I did not expect to be facing a 1-3 Chiefs team. I certainly did not expect to be facing an 0-5 Lions team going into week six, and we might not even play against Stafford on Sunday because they benched him halfway through the third quarter on Sunday. So who knows if that was temporary or if they'll hand the ball back to him uh, Sunday going forward. But, uh, you know, either way, there's some interesting uh, things going on in Detroit. And, uh, And the other thing that gets me is the Bears just won in the most hostile stadium in the league right now. I mean, we just played the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, and that's supposed to be the 12th man. I, I would say, I would argue Kansas City was way louder, or at least the crowd was way more into the game, at least uh, on Sunday, uh, than Seattle appeared to be a few weeks ago. But uh, we just won that tough game uh, in Kansas City, came back in the fourth quarter to do it, and somehow we're three-and-a-half-point underdogs to the to the Lions going into this week. So figure that one out for me. But um, anyway, lots to cover. We got knee-jerk reactions and... Um, uh, for anyone who is uh, following the Facebook uh, group on Facebook, you know, the Chicago Bears Review group on Facebook, uh, I think I may have oversold a little bit on the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. I just listened to it, and, and yeah, I did kind of uh, lose it a little because I actually, for those of you who don't know, I started recording the knee-jerk reaction just before they snapped the ball to kick the field goal uh, at the end of the football game. As you know, Kansas City was attempting a 66-yard field goal to win the game with two seconds left, and I started recording the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction as that was happening. I think what I was what I was referencing in my mind when I posted that uh, when I posted that was uh, my reaction to Forte's touchdown just a few minutes before. I mean, I was you know screaming and hooting and hollering. I was uh, I hoisted my dog up off the ground. I'm carrying him in my arms we're jumping up and down he has no idea what the hell's going on and uh you know that was uh pretty good so i, I wish that i'd gotten that i wish that i'd gotten that on on uh on tape uh if you will but uh nonetheless i think you guys will enjoy my reaction but i think i may have sold it a bit on facebook so uh i did lose it but not to the degree that i did when forte scored the go-ahead touchdown just a few minutes earlier so just be prepared for that but you know lots to get to some quick news uh before we get to the um to the review uh segment uh some unfortunate news uh for us in in injury news uh Jacquiz rogers uh was placed on injured reserve earlier today uh he fractured his right arm yesterday in the game against uh kansas city and apparently it's it's serious enough that he's going to miss enough t- time that it was necessary to put him on uh injured reserve uh, the Bears went ahead and signed tailback Antone Smith, another former uh, Atlanta Falcon, and more to the point, um, you know, as as helpful as, as Jacquez was running the football, he was actually more important to our special teams unit, and Antone Smith was a big special teamer uh, for the Falcons. He actually led the team in, in special teams tackles in uh, 2013. He did play some on offense. The good news here as far as the offense is concerned, as far as I'm concerned, is that we get to see more of Jeremy Langford going forward now. Now, that's what I've been asking for uh, since the preseason. I was very impressed with him. 
uh, in the preseason. Liked what I saw in 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 sparingly, in spar- you know, sp- you know, uh, sparse duty uh, thus far through in the first five games. But this means he's going to see the field a bit more um, than he has uh, up to this uh, point. So that's uh, I think that's good going uh, forward. But unfortunately, we did lose Jaquiz Rogers, another another guy on the IR. But it's next man up, and I think Jeremy Langford is more than uh, more than capable of getting the uh, job done. We also have Kadeem Carey uh, in there as well. And um, no news yet on Shea McClellan, who left the game yesterday in the third quarter with a knee injury. Uh, he ended up, I think he went, left the field and under his own power, but had to be carted back to the locker room uh, after being examined on the uh, sideline. So John Fox is so far mum on on what's been going on there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. With Shane McClellan and the status of his, his knee injury. So that's kind of par with the course or so we are learning in the world of John Fox. And so anyway, that's kind of a, a bit of a downer that we have. But the good news is now we get to review yesterday's game as the, uh, the Bears travel down to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Chiefs. Both teams were 1-3. and three. And it turned out to be one hell of a football game. It wasn't until the opening kickoff or just before that I was able to uh, jump onto uh, Twitter and find out that for the, what, third, fourth game in a row, uh, Alshon Jeffrey was inactive uh, again. Uh, compound that with the fact that Eddie Royal was also not playing with an ankle injury uh, on Sunday. So we're without our top two receivers. Our number one, two, and three receivers going into this football game on Sunday were Marquise Wilson, Josh Bellamy, and Mark Mariani. And I would wager that that's not plan B, C, or D when it comes to how the Bears wanted to configure their starting three wide receivers going into a uh, football game. But, um, you know, that's that's not good. Um, and, you know, early on it was very, very tough uh, for the Bears. Hironis Grassu making his first ever uh, NFL start, so that meant that uh, Patrick Omeme, who, who came in to relieve Matt Slauson at left guard as he moved over to center when Will Montgomery went down last week. The ankle injury he suffered last week was not good enough for him to be able to go on Sunday. So Slauson stays at left guard or moves back to left guard. Hironis Grassu making his first ever start at center got off to a really, 
really rocky start uh, in the beginning. I mean, he, he rebounded nicely towards the end of the football game, but he struggled mightily uh, early on. You could see him getting blown up off the ball, Don Terry Poe and, and those guys, uh, Jay Howard, really getting after him uh, up the middle. And especially, and you'll hear me talk about it in knee-jerk reaction, especially after one play in particular uh, that Heronis was definitely showing his, uh, showing how green he was. He was greener than the turf, especially on this one particular play. And you'll hear me say this. I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. But um, in, in the early going especially, our special teams unit is absolutely incapable, and these are the exact words you'll hear me say, absolutely incapable of not making mistakes. I mean, it's, it's a, f- a holding penalty on, on a punt return that set up the first big disaster of the football game and, and just kind of, you know, kind of made you feel that it was, it was kind of one of those here-we-go-again uh, kind of moments, or at least that's, what you, that, that's that, that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach when you see things start out that way uh, for the Bears. You know, with, with the way that we've kind of struggled on offense to put points on the board, uh, especially recently, um, for, for the Bears to have to start in a hole to start behind and, you know, the defense had nothing to do with it uh, is extremely difficult. Let's go ahead and play the first quarter knee-jerk reaction so you can hear what I'm talking about, and um, we'll go forward from there. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter, the Bears and the Chiefs, and that one kind of flew by uh, rather quickly, and um, it, it was, it's been a kind of frustrating uh, quarter, uh, especially for the Bears. Uh, the, the defense is actually doing pretty well. We've only been out there for, and I'm not kidding, two minutes. Uh, the Bears <laughs> held the Chiefs three and out on their first drive, and they just got the ball back for their second drive. And I think that altogether, the Chiefs have had the ball for about two minutes and 30 seconds of the uh, first quarter, and they're winning seven to three. And here's why. Um, for starters, our special teams units are absolutely incapable of not making mistakes. Uh, we forced that three and out. The Chiefs punt the ball away. Mariani uh, catches the football and, and makes a decent return. I think we would have been around the 30, 35, somewhere in that area. But because of a holding penalty, a holding penalty, we start at, at our own nine-yard line because it's 10 yards from the spot of the foul. Very first play, another holding penalty. So now we're half the distance to the goal at the five. The following play, uh, Horonis Grass, who is, who is starting at center uh, today, uh, does that deal where he tries to block two people, ends up blocking none. Jay is actually sacked for a safety, but ends up fumbling the football, and the Chiefs recover for a touchdown. So just like that, it's 7 to nothing, and the Chiefs have done nothing on offense in the first quarter, but they're winning right now. On our offensive side, no no Alshon Jeffrey, no Eddie Royal. The, the Chiefs do not respect our passing game whatsoever. None whatsoever because they are sending the house. They are sending the house and coming after this injured offensive line and our depleted wide receiver core they do not respect. And that's what we're going to have to do going forward uh, to make a difference on the offensive side of the ball for the Bears is we're going to have to figure out how to get our passing game going and, and get the Chiefs to, to ease up on the gas pedal as far as sending the blitz and coming after the Bears. So it's only 7-3, to three, uh, but it's you know still early. Uh, the Chiefs have the football. I believe it's third down for the Chiefs right now as we start the second quarter. 
So as you hear, we, we get we get that holding penalty that that takes us from what would have been the 30, 35 uh, yard line. So we're starting at our own 10, nine yard line, somewhere in that area. Another holding penalty. I know that's not on the special teams, but you see where I'm going with this. The very next play, Aronis Grasso, um, you know, uh, I believe it was Seth Kaiser that said on the show, uh, you know, see that offensive lineman. He's out there trying to block two people and ends up blocking none that's pretty much what happened they had a couple of defensive linemen crash the a gap and grass tried to get a hand on both of them and they end up blowing right by him on either side and getting after cutler who fumbled the football in the end zone the chiefs recover and it's a touchdown and just like that um you know for a defense that has played so well already to begin in the hole and have nothing to contribute to it uh, cannot be a good feeling, especially, as you heard me mention, the time of possession battle that the Bears absolutely dominated in the first quarter. I mean, it seemed comical when they pulled up the, the, the stats for the first quarter, and I think the Chiefs, who would run maybe six or seven plays in all of the first quarter, had like nine yards total offense going into the second quarter where the Bears had, you know, like 12 and a half minutes time of possession after uh, one quarter and were losing the football game. So, you know, but it was pretty much the same as we've seen lately. Anyway, the Bears were having some some early success uh, running the football. But as you heard me say, the Chiefs were sending the house after they were going after that rookie. They were going after Grassu. They were going after the offensive line because Charles Lino was in there for a second week in a row uh, in, in relief of uh, Bushrod. Uh, Slauson was, I you know, in, was in the, I think the only guy in his original uh, position considering that Kyle Long spent the entire preseason at right guard instead of right tackle. Long was healthy enough to go, and he played pretty well. Justin, Justin Houston, for the most part, I believe was a non-factor uh, in the football game, I don't think he had a sack. Jay got sacked twice, but I don't think Houston was responsible for uh, for either of them. I'm just looking at there. Aaron, yeah, Aaron, Allen Bailey, uh, Bailey, and Jay Howard got. Jay Howard was the one that got the sack in the end zone. Also recovered the fumble. So Justin Houston, the guy out there making JJ Watt money, who was uh, you know half a sack away from setting the single season sack record last week was held at bay by our tackle. So, you know, big ups to, to Lino and uh, and Long for being able to accomplish that. But they were getting after Jay. And, and it, you can see it kind of affect him as the game uh, went along. And I'll talk about that more specifically in a little bit here. But in the first quarter especially, it kind of reminded me, uh, if you guys can remember back in 2010, that game early in the season we had uh, against the Cowboys where they were absolutely murdering the Bears up front i mean i think jay got sacked three times in the first two series uh, i mean just back to just come constantly demarcus ware and everybody just up his butt the whole time and then one play it was either late in the first or early in the second jay hits a hot route to greg olson who found a soft spot in the in the defense and ran like 60 yards for a touchdown it was a huge play for the bears and from that moment on the Cowboys kind of eased off the gas pedal because they got smoked on that play for a, for a touchdown, and they didn't really get after the Bears the way they were up until that moment. I was kind of hoping we would see something like that happen uh, for the Bears to, to have a similar effect. You know, if, if um, you know, they were so hell-bent on sending, sending the, the house after Jay that, that Jay would eventually find a way to make them pay for it. 
But uh, you know they had Martellus Bennett at, uh, under wraps for the for the majority of the football game, and uh, you know f- he really wasn't much of a factor uh, in the game. So we didn't get an opportunity to have a moment like that. Couldn't find you know Matt Forte on a dump route that ended up being a huge play or anything like that. So the the Chiefs pretty much came after the Bears uh, for the majority of the uh, football game, and you could see it affect Jay uh, as it uh, went along. But uh, you know as we talk about in the second quarter. Things got worse before they got better. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Chiefs in the second quarter. And it would have been nice. Um, it, it looks like the Seattle game all over again. The defense is putting up a hell of a fight, but the offense is bringing nothing. I mean nothing to the table, nothing whatsoever. Um, you know, if you guys remember the preview show and the way that Seth Kaiser was worried that the Bears might be able to attack Kansas City in the same way that the previous opponents have, the Bears are doing none of that. They are not using their slot receiver to attack that weak third corner of the of the Chiefs or anything like that. They're they're mainly either trying to run between the tackles or they're doing a bunch of the the bubble screen, you know, throwing to the outside uh, kind of thing, which you know talking to Seth this week was not what the Bear, uh, the Chiefs, that's not where they're weak or that's not where you want to attack them. Uh, the Bears seem to be trying to attack them offensively where the Chiefs appear to be strong. And like I said before in the, in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, the Chiefs have no respect for the wide receivers that we have out there. They are daring us to throw the football, but making sure that we have to do so in a short period of time by sending blitzes and such after this uh you know beat up offensive line that we have out there so it's not working out right now um Right there on that drive at the beginning of the second half, uh, the Chiefs were able to to move the football down the field uh, on a short field. And uh, uh, Tracy Porter, a veteran corner, made a rookie move on on a touchdown play for the Chiefs. Uh, They did a bubble screen to the outside to DeAnthony Thomas. And rather than try to force DeAnthony Thomas to the inside by taking the outside away from him, Porter tries to step inside of, of the block and leaving the entire sideline open to DeAnthony Thomas. He goes in untouched, and uh, the Chiefs added a field goal right before the end of the half to make it 17-3. to That's where we start, and the Chiefs get the football back when we start the third quarter. So going into halftime, no real evidence that the Bears were going to be able to pull this off. Like I said, on the offensive side, we were getting predictable. Uh, when we weren't trying to run between the tackles, we weren't trying to throw the ball downfield. We were more like um, running by passing uh, in a way with the with the quick screens and the bubble screens to the outside and, and trying to make opportunities that way instead of trying to get our receivers open uh, downfield. Now, maybe that option wasn't there, but it definitely seemed like the Chiefs were hip to what we were trying to do. Uh, in throwing the football and and maybe it was just a method of trying to get rid of the football while Jay was still upright because like I said the Chiefs were really getting after uh, the Bears uh, early on but uh, you know in the third quarter for the most part it was more the same the Chiefs come out with the football after taking a 14-point lead into the half and really uh, you know eat up almost nine minutes of the clock and then there was a shift in the momentum and 
things kind of turn from there. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Chiefs in the third quarter, and not much better as far as the score is concerned. 17-6 to now uh, in favor of the Chiefs, but the game did take a turn. Uh, the Chiefs come out, they, they got the opening kickoff of the second half and had a nearly nine-minute drive that they drove down to the field, had to settle for a field goal attempt, which was stuffed, blocked by Pernell McPhee. So special teams finally, finally making a positive play for the Bears. The Bears then proceed to drive the ball down the field, but as per usual, not able to close the deal and get the ball into the end zone. Had to settle for a Robbie Gold field goal, coincidentally, making Robbie Gold the uh, the, the points leader in the history of the of the Bears franchise, passing uh, uh, Kevin Butler, the old kicker from the Ditka days and the, the 85 Bears and such. So, uh, you know, big ups to uh, Robbie Gold for doing that. Uh, the defense has been playing much better. Uh, still having having some trouble with the run today. They're, they're, uh, even though uh, Jamal Charles went down with a knee injury right before that field goal attempt, uh, it's it's the, the run game that's been giving the Bears trouble in the second half. Um, but, uh, you know, they've been... Oh, Bending but not breaking against the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs scoreless in the third quarter. Uh, as we start the fourth quarter, the Bears have the football, and we're trying to r- drive the football down the field, see if we can't get it in the end zone and make a difference in the fourth quarter. <laughs> the fourth quarter, in a word, was chaos. Uh, I mean, the Bears uh, trying to erase this 11-point deficit that they had. They're on the road in hostile territory. And, you know, we're, we're trying to take advantage of, number one, Jamal Charles being out of the game. Number two, the momentum shift that was caused by Pernell McPhee's field goal block. I mean, and, and you know, considering the final score being 18 to 17, those three points won us the game. That that was the moment that everything turned. I mean, obviously, you could argue that it was just a few moments before when Jamal Charles uh, injured his knee and it was confirmed later today. It's a torn ACL. He is done for the year. And that's an unfortunate thing uh, for Chiefs fans. I mean, that's that's tough. Your best playmaker going down. And it was a non-contact injury. He was making a cut um, and you could just see his leg buckle and it gave way. He went down like a ton of bricks and it was uh, the, the his afternoon was over. Uh, from there you hate to see uh, something like that and um, you know the Chiefs still had the the opportunity to uh, essentially put the Bears away because a field goal at that point would have put them up 20 to 6 um, with uh, quite a bit of time still some time left in the fourth quarter but uh, really would have changed things uh, in you know in a big way uh, in that football game and um, you know Pernell McPhee was able to come up with a big play uh, on that one he was the guy that the Chiefs were kind of running at at that point. And I actually read a column where uh, McPhee was upset. He felt disrespected because they ran a counterplay in his direction three times, and all three times it hit uh, for big yardage, and he wanted to find a way to make it up to his teammates, and he came up big by blocking that kick. And that's um, that's kind of the moment where everything where everything turned. In the fourth quarter, it was still more of a struggle. Still more of a struggle, and in, in, in the fourth quarter, with about nine and a half minutes to go or so, uh, the Bears are at the Chiefs' 40-yard line. You heard me allude to this earlier. It's fourth and three. Fourth and three. Uh, the Bears have the ball. They're going to go for it because they're down two scores and they're on the road. It's too far to kick a field goal. Uh, they're too close to the punt, so they go for it. And this was the moment. I mean, I, 
honestly, I didn't give up, but if you had to pick a moment where the Bears lost the game, this would have been it. Because on fourth and three, the Chiefs come again. They send like seven guys or something like that, and Jay had more time than he thought he did. This is what I was alluding to when I was saying that the Chiefs getting after Jay early was affecting him, and you could see it, especially on that fourth and three play. Jay had about half a second more to get rid of the football, and if he had that half second, or at least had used it, because he did have it, if he'd have used it, he'd have been able to find out that Matt Forte was one-on-one at the top of the formation uh, near the Bears' sideline, and instead he tries to dump it off to Mark Mariani, who after running his route was still two yards short of the first down on fourth and three. And Mariani, it was a bad throw for starters. Mariani doesn't come up with it. The Bears get nothing and hand the football back to the Chiefs. Nine minutes to go, down two scores. Seemingly, that was pretty much going to be the ball game with the Chiefs being an outstanding field position, maybe only needing a couple of first downs to get their kicker an opportunity to put some more points uh, on the board. But that's not what happened. What happened um, was the, the Bears' defense buckled down. They absolutely buckled down and managed to get the football back to Jay and company, who uh, <laughs> who who led to me having this moment. I haven't had a chance to listen to it since I re- since I uh, you know recorded it uh, into my computer uh, last night, so I don't remember all that I said, but I do remember the beginning, and that's the reason that I wanted you guys to listen to the show in the first place. So check it out, and then I will cover whatever I miss in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Chiefs. The Bears up 18-17. Two seconds on the clock. The Chiefs attempting a 66-yard field goal. The snap, the hold, the kick is up. No good! Bears win, baby! Bears win in the fourth quarter. The Bears scored twice, two touchdown drives. Both times they went for two-point conversions and came up short. That's how we end up with an 18-17 final score. The defense was awesome in the second half. They shut the Seahawks, excuse me, they just turned the Seahawks game on. They shut the Chiefs down. No points scored for the Chiefs in the second half. Our offense struggled mightily the entire entire football game the entire game and even though jay was clutch in the fourth quarter led those two scoring drives he was actually pretty close to terrible in this game his 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 passes were all over the place i mean and and the other thing was anytime that jay really did put the ball someplace our receivers dropped it martellus bennett had a huge drop on the final drive huge drop it would have been a big play for us but uh in the end you know, it was it was almost special teams that did it to us again, guys. Almost special teams that did it to us again. On the kickoff, we booted back to after scoring the touchdown, we booted back to Seattle. The the DeAnthony Thomas was the, the returner trying to get up field, gets raked across the face, a fifteen yard face mask penalty. We would have stopped him at about the fifteen. Instead they're up at the, the in the thirty yard line area. One big play, they're at the fifty, and thankfully, uh, um, with about six seconds to go, the Chiefs throw a pass to Jeremy Macklin 
that initially was called a catch. Upon further review, he bobbled it on his way out of the off the field. So that's why they had to attempt a 66-yard field goal to try to win the game. It comes up short. The Bears steal one in Kansas City because for the most part, they didn't do much to win it. You know, I give all the credit in the world to the defense. They only allowed 10 points and had to fight a a touchdown that was given to them by the offense in the beginning with the Jay Cutler uh, sack fumble in the uh, in the end zone. So the defense did an outstanding job in this football game, sacked Alex Smith three or four times in this one. Still not producing the takeaways, though. That's what we really need to work on with this with this unit going forward. But they did an outstanding job, shut the Chiefs out in the second half, allowing our meager offense to do just enough to win the football game, 18-17, to 17, as we go for three in a row next week against Detroit. So you heard me mention that even though he is definitely the hero of the game, deserves all the credit in the world for the way that he played in the fourth quarter and managed to, to engineer those touchdown drives, Jay Cutler, for the most part, would not get a passing grade from me uh, in this game. Um, his, I mean, not like I said, you heard me also mention the fact there were a lot of drops uh, in the game. Um, like I said, Martellus Bennett, uh, ended up dropping a huge he would have been a huge play for us if he comes up with it um, you know but thankfully with the Bears got a got somewhat of a gift uh, pass interference call on on Marcus Peters the rookie first round pick um, ended up not turning around in time to see the pass uh, coming and, and got mixed I mean by the definition it wasn't really pass interference but the fact that he didn't turn around and look for the football is why he got the call he didn't turn around in in time to see it and the contact itself I don't think was enough to warrant the pass interference but the fact that it looked like he was playing the man and not the ball is why he got the penalty it ended up uh, moving us into the you know down the field uh, into uh, scoring to territory to be able to get that last touchdown but, you know, there, there were a few times when they showed the replays, the ball was coming out of Jay's hand funny. Uh, like I said, it also had probably had a lot to do with the fact that he was uh, trying to get rid of the ball in time instead of taking the hits. Uh, and not that he's afraid of getting hit. You guys know what I mean. But, um, you know, he did not throw the football well. That fourth and three play was the absolute wrong decision to make there. But I think that he did panic a little uh, when when he saw the blitz coming. And instead of taking the time, you know, to read his progression and find Forte it one-on-one up top uh, on the formation, it would have been a first down there. Instead, he tries to dump it off to Mariani, who would have not gotten the first down, even if he had uh, caught the football. Um, you know, it was just... Uh, you know, not good decisions from Jay uh, or anything like that, but he persevered, he overcame, and was able to lead the team on two big scoring drives that got us the win. The two touchdown throws that he had in the fourth quarter, absolutely amazing, amazing throws, especially the first one uh, to Marquise Wilson because it was one of those he threw it where only Marquise was going to be able to catch it and hit hit Marquise with just enough room so that he was able to get both feet in bounds before stepping out on the sideline there. And then the touchdown throw that won the game to Matt Forte, also brilliant, especially a very heads-up play uh, by Jay on top of it because it was a, a low snap uh, from Grasso, who, I, like I said, after a very rocky at least first, you know, first and half you know, first half of the, you know, the entire first quarter and pretty much half of the second quarter at least before seeming to settle down, especially after halftime, he looked a lot better. 
But, um, you know, a low snap from Grasso, Jay basically uh, had to trap it, pick it up off the ground, and then stood up just in time to toss it over to Forte, who makes a great catch, stays in bound, and just like that, the Bears, you know, three minutes prior were losing the game by two scores. Now they're ahead 18-17. to 17. Couldn't convert on either of the two uh, two-pointer two-point tries um but uh, nonetheless the 18 was enough it's more than zero and it was certainly more than the chiefs could put on the board uh, against the team like you said like you heard me say uh the defense shut the chiefs out in the second half no points allowed uh in that second half for the the chiefs and that blocked field goal from pernell mcphee ended up being huge as far as the outcome of the game uh was concerned Overall, you know, these are games that we would have definitely lost a year ago. We would have definitely checked out probably sometime just before halftime uh, when the Chiefs kicked the field goal to go up two scores. And uh, you'd have seen the Bears just basically giving the, way, giving the, ball, uh, giving the game away uh, in, the, uh, in the second half uh, against the Chiefs. Instead, we persevere, we keep fighting, and we found a way to win in a very hostile environment first road win of the season and setting up an opportunity to make it three in a row going into the bye uh, against the 0-5 Detroit Lions uh, next Sunday so just absolutely thrilled with the outcome of the game and uh, like you said this is um, I mean all the credit in the world goes to uh, John Fox and Vic Fangio and uh adam gase and the rest of the coaching staff this this team is ready to play and they're never going to quit they're never going to quit and we we've seen that especially the seattle game being the best example we're down 26 to nothing the defense is still coming after russell wilson like it's nothing to nothing and the game still matters you know what i mean that's that's the kind of stuff that we're seeing from this team and you know when we persevere like this games like sunday and last sunday with the raiders come from behind as long as we're still in it we've got a chance and that's the other thing that can be scary about a team that believes in itself you know that almost transcends talent at times you know the bears are shallow on talent not just because you know we don't really have the the horses that we need to compete but because we're depleted by injury as well so we're lacking in talent for two reasons uh right now but if you get a team believing that it can win and uh, you know getting a team convinced convincing the team never to quit no matter what that is a dangerous animal you don't want to be caged with so you know really loving what we're seeing from the team and uh you know hope that it continues and we see that throughout the entire schedule uh this this year so an outstanding job from the Bears. We move up to two and three. The Chiefs fall to one and four, their fourth straight loss. Um, you know, it's – and they lose Jamal Charles uh, on top of it. So the, the, the Chiefs lose twice uh, on Sunday. That is a huge, huge loss uh, for them. And uh, hoping that they can turn things around because, uh, you know, they are a tough football team and, uh, you know, they deserve better than uh than what they've gotten so far so uh best of luck to the chiefs now we look forward an nfc north matchup uh we got the lions next sunday and then after the bye we welcome the vikings back to soldier field so back to back um nfc north battles here before we uh before we head out to san diego on our only monday night football trip 
uh, of the season, week number nine. So an interesting stretch of games we have to close out the first half of the the schedule or the second quarter of it if you will we got it off on the right foot after ending the first quarter with a victory over oakland we start the second quarter with a victory over kansas city 18 to 17 and that's going to do it for the review segment of the chicago bears review what do you say we close this bad boy out with everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down Not a long list of names that we have to go through on our Bear Up and Bear Down segment for week number five, but names that should not surprise you too much uh, when you hear what they are. And um, we'll just start with the uh, start with the Bear Ups. Uh, Got to start with Jay Cutler. That fourth end, the fourth quarter of his engineering those two touchdown drives, persevering the beating that he took early on when the when the offense was offensive line was struggling to find its way uh, there in the beginning, you know, uh, he he came through, he came through, and uh, I, I read a, an interesting stat uh, today uh, in a column where Jay is um, is either f- I think forty two and sixteen or forty six and twelve. I think it was forty six and twelve when the defense allows less than twenty one points, um, and our two victories uh, we allowed twenty and seventeen, so. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. So whenever the defense doesn't do its job, Jay can't, you know, Jay and the well, the Bears in general are not going to win uh, many football games. But uh, if the Bears can hold the defense to 20 points, 21 points or less, we win at least 80% of the time. I think that's what the number was. So, I mean, just a ridiculous uh, stat, you know, and, and I'll take that stat all day long. 46 and 12, yeah, that's that sounds pretty good pretty good to me so an outstanding job from jay the two throws that he had for the touchdowns especially the one to marquise wilson an absolute as that douchebag trent dilfer would say an absolute dime of a throw uh to marquise wilson put it in the perfect spot in the perfect spot in in for marquise wilson in a perfect spot on the field where he had just enough room to get both feet in before having to step out of bounds uh in the end zone an outstanding throw from jay an outstanding catch from from Marquise Wilson, so we'll bear up to uh, Jay Cutler for that. And bear down to, you guessed it, Jay Cutler, uh, who for the first three and a half quarters of the football game was was pretty awful uh, in this game. His his accuracy was, well, there was no such thing in the beginning. The, the ball, I mean, they showed replays of him throwing the ball and the, the nose of the football was pointed straight at the ground uh, kind of thing, was coming off his hand funny. Uh, you know, I'm sure that it had something to do with with being under pressure and wanting to get the ball out of his hand. So he let his fundamentals slip, which is a big flaw in Jay Cutler's game. If when, he's, when he's trying to rush, his fundamentals go out the window and he just throws the ball any old way he can get out of his hands. And we saw a lot of that in the first three and a half quarters uh, especially. So I just thank God he didn't throw any interceptions in this game. He did not. I mean, he ended up with a turnover. Not necessarily your fault when you get tackled by two 300-pounders in the end zone. Chances are you're not going to come away with the football when that happens. So I don't really even blame the fumble uh, on Jay, even though the ball was in his hand when it happened. That's that's not his fault. I mean, there's only so much he can do when he's being you know rampaged by two defensive tackles in the in the end zone 
uh, like that, especially when they pretty much came full steam. Because, like I said, Hironis Grassu tried to block two men and block none uh, in, in route to them being swallowing Jay Hole uh, in the end zone there. But, um, you know, his, his accuracy was, was not – I mean, he had Marquise Wilson wide open down the sideline and overthrew him. Uh, what would have been most decidedly would have been a touchdown if he catches that if he hits him uh, perfectly uh, on that one he missed a lot of throws he also had some things dropped uh, which leads us to our next bear down to Martellus Bennett Um, going into the fourth quarter he was he had three targets only only three thrown in his direction but he dropped two of them and the other one was in was incomplete Uh, had a huge drop on the fourth quarter if he catches that play that I keep talking about if he catches that pass which hit him right right in the chest. He should have caught the ball, which if he catches that, then we don't need that Marcus Peters in a pass interference play to get us deep into Chiefs territory. We get there on our own. All he has to do is catch the football. There was tough defense there. Uh, there was coverage, but the ball hit him where it was supposed to. Jay made a very good throw, despite what I've been saying. That was an excellent throw on the part of Jay. Martellus Bennett just dropped it, and he should have come up with it. He did not have a good afternoon after catching 11 balls for 83 yards and a touchdown last week against the Raiders did not have a statistically impressive or just an overall uh, not a good performance against the Chiefs on Sunday, so he makes the bear down list uh, as well. Uh, Bear up to the entire defense. Because like I said, they pitched a shutout in the fourth quarter, did not allow a point uh, by the the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, not just the fourth quarter, but the third quarter as well, the entire second half. No points allowed by the defense. Really buckled down on the run game. I mean, Jamal Charles not being in there obviously made it much easier, but also kind of getting after Alex Smith. Three sacks on Alex Smith this past uh, this past Sunday, and uh, we have uh, Lamar Houston, Pernell McPhee, and Willie Young uh, to thank for those sacks. And uh, I almost put uh, Lamar Houston on the bear up list simply for not blowing out an ACL. Uh, for celebrating a touch or his uh, sack Uh, he did not do a sack dance so to hell with it bear up for Lamar Houston no sack dance and you didn't blow out an ACL so great job Uh, you make the bear up list uh, this week Lamar fantastic job Um, bear up uh, legitimately also to Pernell McPhee who also had another sack uh, in the uh, football game but more importantly blocked the field goal that saved that ended up being the difference in the football game uh, so um, bear up to Fernando McPhee and bear up to the special teams, you know, for finally making a play and and uh, making a positive play because uh, we really needed one, especially from the special teams. They've given up huge plays every single game so far this year or seemingly. And, uh, you know, it's just about time that the special teams did something right or did something big to help change momentum in that big field goal block definitely played a huge part uh in that and um so bear down to special teams uh the holding penalty in the first quarter is what led to that sack fumble uh touchdown for the chiefs in the first quarter and that fourth quarter face mask gave the chiefs outstanding field position going into that final drive i mean they they still had to get a big gain from from travis kelsey uh to get them into chicago bear territory but Without that penalty, the Chiefs are starting at like the 12-yard line because uh, DeAnthony Thomas had tried to run it out of the end zone and would have been nailed at about the 15 or so at best 
at the 15, but instead 15-yard penalty pushes them even further. They're into the 30s now, and a 20-yard gain puts them in Chicago Bear territory. And those were two huge penalties uh, that they had uh, in the game. And if, if we can stop having moments like that, we can keep ourselves out of the hole and special teams can stop giving away points uh, like it has for the for the majority of the season thus far. So they get a bear up for saving the game and they get a bear down for nearly blowing it uh, as well. It's just, you know, putting the Bears in a bad situation when neither our offensive or defensive units have anything to do or factor in uh, to the outcome. So moving on, bear up to Matt Forte. Uh, you know, did not get 100 yards rushing, but was, uh, you know, had another big day contributing. Uh, five catches, 38 yards, the game-winning touchdown, just an outstanding uh, catch from Forte. Also had 18 carries for 71 yards in the football game. It was tough to run against the Chiefs. They were very solid uh, against the run uh, on Sunday. So they were, they were very tough uh, to run against. And uh, But... Matt Forte persevered, was there when we needed him, made a huge play uh, in the fourth quarter with almost no time left uh, in the game. And then uh, bear down to Tracy Porter. You heard me talk about it in the second quarter. Knee-jerk reaction, this is a veteran guy who won the Super Bowl for the Saints. He's the one that picked off Peyton Manning, Super Bowl 44, to run it back for the touchdown that put the game away uh, for for New Orleans. And uh, this is a veteran guy who did an outstanding job last week against Amari Cooper. Made the, the bear-up list last week because of that. Did an outstanding job covering Amari Cooper, who had been lighting up everybody thus far. Uh, only allowed like 23 yards receiving uh, when he was covering uh, Cooper last week. Instead, makes a bonehead move. Um, you know, the way it was, they like I said, it was a, a bubble screen uh, to uh, DeAnthony Thomas to the, to the near side of the field. And... You, you never go to the inside. What you're always supposed to do is take away the outside to force your opponent back towards the middle of the field where your help is. Instead, Tracy Porter tries to undercut the block from the receiver that was standing there in front of him, and it left the sideline, left a wide open lane across the, uh, you know, along the sideline for DeAnthony Thomas to run to. He finds it, nothing but green grass. Nobody lays a finger on Thomas as he runs in and put the Bears in a deep hole of 14 to 3 uh, at the time. Now, luckily, we're able to persevere and come away with it, but that was a bad move uh, by Tracy Porter. Uh, and put the Bears in a, in a big, big hole early in the football game. So bear down for Tracy Porter. That could have hurt us huge uh, at the end. So, And uh, I think that's going to do it. I was close to putting the O-line on the bear down list, but they rebounded really, really well in the second half, so they're on neither list uh, this week. They're the ones that did just enough not to make it to either list this time so that means they got about a c grade overall in the game maybe say you know like an f in the first half and then a in the second so it averages out to a c so they don't make either list uh this week so that is going to do it for the week five review episode of the chicago bears review come back on thursday when we will have our talk with jeremy reisman from pride of detroit on sbnation.com to talk about bears and lions this is going to be an interesting conversation, folks, because like I told Seth Kaiser last week, I wasn't expecting to face a 1-3 Chiefs team going into week five. I sure as hell was not expecting to face an 0-5 Lions team heading into week number six. 
it's going to be interesting to hear his take on what his team has been up to, why they're 0-5, do they deserve it, how badly did getting that bad call against the, the Seahawks last Monday night, for those of you who don't know, tune in on Thursday, you'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to what I was just alluding to uh, there. They got a really bad call on Monday night against the Seahawks that cost them the game. You know, do they deserve to be 0-5? Are they playing that poorly? What do they need to do to turn around? Lots to cover with Jeremy on Thursday. So be back for the week six review, preview, excuse me, preview episode of the show. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.